Welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast brought to you by Work Nicer. This is the third episode in our election series, and on this episode, the team is chatting with Jan Damery. Let's see what she has to say. Hey, welcome to uh, another edition of the Work in Progress, the election series. My man, Alex. Hello, hello. This is Alex. And yeah, really excited to be sitting down here with Jan, uh, one of the Calgary mayoral candidates. Uh, Jan, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm great to be here. Jan Damery. Um, I'm a, a business executive, um, also an executive in uh, the not-for-profit sector with a strong belief in the power and potential of this city. One of the reasons, it's one of the reasons I've thrown my hat into the arena to offer my leadership to bring us out of this funk. I believe our city has been in. We've been hit so hard the last four years, both with the recession and the pandemic. And uh, I want to rally this forward because I so believe we can build back better and include everyone in our recovery. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's so important as we round the last five days into this election, you know, talk, talk to us about the YWCA and man, on time and on budget. I think that's something that really resonated with me uh, yeah. when, when, we, when we had a chance to, you know, shoot the shit right so amazing legacy project i had the opportunity to join ywca in 2016 was brought on to raise the capital for the new ywca hub in inglewood and uh, raised the capital for that project and worked with one of the most talented executive teams i ever have and we delivered that project on time on budget and i'm going to add ernie no debt in the time of this economy struggling yeah. Uh, and that uh, that facility is the home of the YWCA, you know, a, you know, 110 year organization. How much but, did you raise? How much money uh, did so you raise? So we raised um, over almost 60 million to do that project. And what was the budget? Uh, it uh, <laughs> came in, <laughs> give or take, around 57. Wow! Wow! So you made money. So well, you save money. Yeah, that you I'm always pay forward for the next project. No, I think it's great. I'm totally yeah. bugging. That's so wonderful. Yeah. And that included actually some proceeds that we'd raised through the sale of our previous land. So this was a really innovative way to uh, also ensure that we had future sustainability for the project. It's something that I have learned with a lot of my work overseas with the Agacon Development Network is making sure that uh, it can't just be about capital. I think a lot of organizations get caught, let's build the nicest building, and then we don't think about Mm. how we're going to operate and how we're going to maintain that building. And so I and the executive team were committed to ensure that we had. So even with that story, we had $27 in the bank for future. So we didn't take all of the land proceeds and put them into the new building. This is smart economics. This yeah. is financial Because that's your background is economics, I'm an right? economist. Yeah. So, and so this is the leadership that I bring, I want to bring to the city. Right, right. And that, like, and I think this is why um, these series, these podcast series with five days left is so important is, you know, everybody, Alex and I get drilled every day. You know, which way are you guys going? Um, can you give us some information? That's why we're having these podcasts is to make sure that the right info is getting out, at, you know, as we make the last turn, right? Yeah. And so economists, like for a lot of people up there, what, what background, what, what tools does that bring to being a mayor? I'm a systems thinker. And you may have noticed that I have an incredibly detailed uh, plan, a platform. I think mm-hmm. the most detailed in the race. It's like almost 60 pages. Yeah. It is. Uh, and not. And I'm going to offer, Alex, not fluff. No, it's uh, not. And all of these pieces fit together to create this vibrant vision of our future. And the idea is for it to be a playbook. So enough detail that people can start to dig into it, start to make it their own. 
and that we can sort of collectively come together and uh, just make this city uh, what I believe it truly can be. I've had the benefit of working overseas and I've always chosen Calgary to be my base because of the blue skies, the environment we have, the people. We've, you know, we've had one of the um, youngest workforces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have a number of people. This, the city's incredibly diverse, but we don't often act that way. So this no. is another reason that I'm running, is to pull people together. So the economist in me sees all of that as the great system and the potential we have. But because of, um, I've been able to work from, move from industry to industry. So I'm, I think the only candidate that's worked in all sectors mm. in leadership roles. Mm. And I've always done very complex projects. So we just talked about the YWCA, YWCA Hub, my most recent project, working again with an amazing team. But it's always how you pull people together to do things you don't, people just generally don't think are possible. And I got a history of doing that throughout my career. Mm. Even when I was working in the energy sector. So I'm an, actually an energy economist. Started off in the energy sector, Mm -hmm. if you knew about that. So know very well the struggles and the challenges oil and gas has faced, particularly recently. And Mm -hmm. it's not an industry that it's over, but it's not going to drive our future growth. Um, It will as it pivots into energy transition, green tech. And I think we can be a city that is the center of all of that. Amazing. You know, for, for, for my industry, hospitality. I was going to turn there, actually. (laughs) You know, and then I'll pass it over to Alex, you know, for his members. What would you have to say for everybody that's in my industry, all of our, all these, you know, great entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry as we try to come out of this pandemic and we've been hit with so much, you know, not just in the city, but, but across the province, you know, what's your plan for moving forward for, that would better our industry in your, you know, yeah. in your 60 page plan. And I want to, I want to start and just acknowledge how tough it has been. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of you, Ernie and others, friends in the business, you know, mm-hmm. and how many times have you almost lost your business through this? Mm-hmm. There have not been the supports for people. You've also the challenges with how, getting workforce to stay with you through this. Many have left. It's probably why you were working till you what two a.m. last night because you had to do a shift to close. I think Ernie does it all the time. It, <laughs> so, but I want to recognize the hardship. And so, when I announced my candidacy first in May, and it is in the platform, it was Jan's uh, jumpstart for jobs, and it was targeted specifically at hospitality workers, businesses, uh, our restaurateurs. Also, our live performers and artists. Musicians, I view, yeah. I Musicians, all DJs, of you, yeah. I view all of you as entrepreneurs. And I think yeah. this is what we have missed as opposed to being just the casual labor. I've never seen it that way. And how this sector fits into the revitalization of our city is as we reactivate, invest in main streets, uh, one of my plans to revitalize downtown is to work with our post-secondaries to get large campuses. So we have thousands of students living downtown mm. and learning downtown and working like downtown. satellite campuses downtown but have them big so we're lots and that we turn downtown into a neighborhood now think about the streetscape when we marry that with the entertainment district that we're making investment in and i'm very pro event center but i'm most interested in the event center a what it will attract in terms of big acts mm. and so you're for the place. you're for the events but center. think yeah but think about the main street that we start to redevelop with Absolutely. restaurants with bars with shops to me this is the vibrancy i want to be able to have a reuben sandwich at 3 a.m downtown calgary <sighs> that's my future vision people are around it's vibrant uh we're 24 7. our downtown has never been that 
And how can we do similar things in other neighborhoods? Yeah. As you know, we're sitting here in Ramsey, that's already starting to change over. Cool, funky place. Right, we should be able to go have a cup of coffee at 2 a.m. Right. So when I Sushi. think of the great city, so, hey, I'm yeah. all over that. Or ginger beef. It used yeah. to be that. One of my favorite memories of Calgary way back when I'm going to age myself yeah. is Singapore Sam's yeah. back in the day. Well, right? they're still doing it's it. They're still, still rocking they're still it. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're still it's, rocking it. Hasn't right? changed. But, yeah. but we don't have a lot of that, and we never have. And I think this is the opportunity to build back better. And it is centered around the hospitality sector to be a driving force. It also means we have to pay people. Yeah. Yes. So good wages. And how do we think about, and I know the taxing and the challenge on business models to do this, but for me, the reflection in COVID is how important frontline workers are. And I view hospitality workers frontline, mm. grocery clerks, frontline, um, back to YWCA, social workers, frontline. Mm. We typically, healthcare workers, frontline, we typically undervalue and underpay. Those yeah. things that we find are our most vital that also bring us back. Yeah. So you'll see in the platform, I talk about magic. I view artists, entertainers, hospitality sector of creating magic in our city and pulling us together. I think that's important because I think I think that might be lost a little bit in that big 60-page mm-hmm. um, document that you have on your platform. So that that's important, especially for me, not not just my industry, but everything that comes with it, the DJs that come up through this industry, the live music yeah. that is like almost completely annihilated after this pandemic so that's that's really good good to know yeah and there's a very specific recovery plan that i'm proposing where there will be grants and and supports to get live entertainers back into venues supporting both the venue as well as the artist to Mm. do that and again it's a bigger picture for me it's about bringing people together man and this is why we're doing this is because you know Every everyone that talks to Alex and I, there's so much on every platform that they're just and people are tired, sure, right? Yeah. So, I don't think that musicians and DJs and live performers know that that's that's a part of your platform. So we're I gonna really we're don't. gonna I, I'm looking at Michaela who's here with me. So we're gonna get that out again on social yeah. media. Get it out, get it out, yeah. Alex. Uh, but I started with that because yeah. I knew the devastation that was going on in the sector. And, and how vi- how important it is that it recovers because it's part of the vibrancy of the city. Yeah. So when you talk about the recovery plan, I love, well, first of all, I love your, I, I, the platform and how it is so, um, when I said it was 60 pages and you noted that it wasn't fluff, it certainly isn't, right? I think that what's cool is that a lot of the other platforms out there talk a lot about the what and you actually dive into a bit about the how. And I think the distinction of, a playbook is a great one and so is this is this every single piece of information unlikely but it's more than a hell of a lot of other people um i would love to hear a little bit about when you talk about the recovery plan and we touched obviously on the on the live music industry Mm -hmm. but what is that next thing um for many business many businesses have closed over the course of the last two years um many others are months away from doing so and so it's a, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is really big and really huge and vital to the long-term sustainability and vibrancy and success of our city. But what is, what's up in the next six, yeah. 12, 24 the plan. months? Yeah. yeah. So back to that Jan's jumpstart for mm. jobs, it targeted these specific industries. It's actually relief and support to help right. people if they need to, to start over. So what about industry? Not those industries, not though. those industries. So it's about getting the regulations out of business. So we talk about being entrepreneurial in the city. Red, well, and we are not. We we are a hard, and I'm just looking at you, Ernie, and looking at you, Alex. 
How easy is it to do business in this city mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur? Hard. It's tough. And tell me about why that's hard. It's, it's I mean, it, it's no secret. I mean, I was at the Ward 8 town hall yesterday. And one of the business owners there is, has uh, been waiting um, for over eight months to get his uh, DP and BP through. And uh, he got noticed from the city. This was actually quite pretty funny. He got yeah. noticed from the city on September, I think it was 7th. Uh, saying, oh, we, we see your application. Did you still want to open on September 4th? Like it, before, right? So he was, <laughs> it, was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's the red tape that, that is holding. And the regulatory yeah. uncertainty. Yeah. So we regulate business through development permits, right? DP, if people don't know what that is, yeah. through land use, which often means too, you have to go to city council. So you have to go through administration, and if there's any sort of changes, you often have to go to city council, which now becomes political. Mm. So it takes a long time. That example is perfect, because you didn't know, you don't even know if it's a yes or a no. You have to modify. And as we're trying to recover, I mean, who can survive for, what, eight months? This has to stop. And that's where the economists back to me. I know that this uncertainty and not knowing, and also the answers change depending on who you deal with at the city. I experienced that when we were building the YWCA and, and, the, and the development permits we had to get. So understand this also, we've experienced it, but we have to get this uncertainty out of the way because it kills business. So that's what I'm committing to do for other sectors. I also wanna supercharge the tech and innovation sector, which is also about the downtown recovery. Places like this, bringing people together, mm-hmm. all of our entrepreneurs. I think we've learned through COVID, anybody can work anywhere. I had a conversation this morning with a tech entrepreneur and angel investor mm-hmm. talking about too, that people have also started to figure out, even if they wanna go work for the big players like Google or Microsoft, they actually don't have to move anymore. Yeah. They can work from here in a place like this, Alex. Mm-hmm. And they are. And they are. So it becomes about quality of life and it becomes about what is what are the amenities we have in our city, and this is where the city can play, that I think we can make some big moves here in the next couple of years. Why my plan also, I think, is above all of the others, in addition to detail. The Economist, I have figured out a way to pay for this. Right, which using, is? So, and it, without increasing property taxes. Mm. So we can use a very Amen. similar mechanism <laughs> that we used in revitalizing East Village, we can do that for the downtown. And why developing the downtown makes sense for all of us is because we've had a hollowing out and disproportionate tax burden put on businesses outside of the core. Right. So we can get activity happening downtown faster. Um, thinking of the empty storefronts, starting to invest in Main Street. These are low-lying fruit that we can actually pick off. Mm-hmm. But I have some startup capital that I can free up through something called a community revitalization levy, which is how we did it in East Village. Oh. That gives a, that added incentive to get the entrepreneurs, the developers in there to start to turn over fast. And then as things grow, property values grow in the downtown area, we also take off the burden that's hitting other businesses right yeah. now. And we've got to deal long-term, I think, with the competitiveness of business taxes, uh, both property and other, uh, to make sure that we continue not to get in the way of business as we've seen, because it's more than red tape. We need to be. Um, We have been killing, I think, for a long time, not even just during the pandemic, our local business Mm -hmm. community, and always going outside, trying to attract the outsider not understanding the amazing thing that's going on here. Protecting the existing uh, economy, the existing jobs, the existing yeah. businesses that have, that have been so vital. Well, something too that you, right, and your listeners might not know about me is I've been coaching startup tech CEOs for the last four years hmm. in a really cool that. program. 
Uh, I'm a coach facilitator, also in my background. It's, I, have a, wow. I have a very weird and strange background. <laughs> um, but it's always been about empowering people. And to see the amazing things that are happening in our local economy, if we give those businesses, like yours, your own as well, the oxygen, right, and the water, that's how we grow and diversify our economy. And that growth attracts outside growth. We don't right. have to start outside to hope to generate. Yeah. Mm. I think we've actually missed it. So I think that's something else I bring, mm. both in my optimism and seeing almost the blinding light of the obvious, we've missed the power of our own local economy. Supporting local vendors, that was my big aha during COVID, mm. which is why I've stepped up now to what run a, for mayor. Uh, what organization are you a part of? on the coaching mentoring yeah. side. It's called the, the Venture Mentor Service of Alberta, yeah, the MSA. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah they, we've it's done cool. some stuff, yeah. uh, working nicer with them. That's cool. I didn't realize you were it's, part of that. That's well, awesome. It's, and it's a program that was based out of MIT. Mm. Uh, and it's focused on, um, you think of a, a new startup or a business as the car, but it's actually focused on the driver, the leader, to help them so that they can scale their businesses, which then comes down to human resources and yeah. leadership. Yeah, I think Michaela should get, get get some more out there on that for sure, and especially in the last five days yeah. leading into no pressure. You know, well, maybe Monday, things yeah. you don't know about me, right? Yeah. And the back yeah. and the depth of the background that I bring to this. And as I said to someone this morning too, I don't have to do this. I have a great job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am doing it because I so believe that we are leaving our potential on the table. And we need a leadership to unlock it. When you talk about the potential, are you talking about our youth? Are you talking about that, you know, 19 to 30, 32 range? Because they're leaving. Yeah. And I know that personally. I've got a 24-year-old who left last Mm. year. Couldn't get a job here as an apprentice carpenter. Has gone to the island. Wow. Uh, Apprentice carpenter uh, with all the building that's happening here? No one would take him on for the four-year commitment because of the uncertainty. Mm. Oh, man. Right? So very problematic. Mm-hmm. Also didn't like the value set. Um, didn't fa- think that we were embracing green fast enough. Mm-hmm. So has gone to the West Coast. Sadly, has met a girl on the island, local girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm why getting would him that back. Be, why, whoa, 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 why would that be sadly? <laughs> well, because I'm not sure I'm getting him back. Yeah. Because she's there, right? She's Her whole family that. there. Knew, that's so, awesome. I mean, I joke with them all the time. Zoom but that's, turkey dinners. But that's a bit of yeah. my goal. Is mm. we wa- And we have the potential to be that place. Because, I mean, we talked to him on the weekend with Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's expensive to live on the island. Oh, yeah. People are starting to figure that out. <laughs> we can- you're, you're starting yeah. to figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can. We have, actually, all of the attributes. But it's, it's an orientation. It's a belief. It's a confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's, we need leadership to bring us together. And I have not seen that on this existing council. Right. Hmm. Jen, I want to ask you about, uh, you mentioned the community revitalization yeah. levy. Mm-hmm. So, and this is not a challenge, but when I read this, you know, cause you say that you've committed the freezing business tax for four years, keeping residential property tax increases in line with population growth. So nothing, and, and inflation and inflation apologies. Um, so, but this CRL, yeah. how then is that not just a different form of taxation? It, it, um, it works with the province. So it's an, it's a, an agreement that you, uh, negotiate with the province and you put a boundary around in this case downtown and you borrow against future appreciation of property taxes so the province actually forgoes in the early years property taxes on that geographic area and and that allows us to borrow at hmm. government rates which is very cheap money to free up capital and we figured out a way to free up about you know 1.6 billion dollars 
so you talk about Calgary Economic Do- Development Plans. They talk, they're throwing 200 million, a yeah. billion, but they've not figured out how to pay for it. Yeah. This is actually how we can do it. That always comes up. How are you going to pay for yeah. it? Yeah. So, so you get the capital, it kickstarts, advances. And then what you do is you pay it back over a 30 year time. And we've modeled this out incredibly conservatively. Um, so I think we'll do better than what we've done. That um, so it all it, it creates a closed system for investment, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all a deal that it's cut, and it's in the interest of the province. I know. I think we had a question about this online yesterday. Well, that was the Notley government that did the one for East Village. Yeah, you have great relationships, and I can guarantee you that this current provincial government, if we can kickstart the advancement and recovery of downtown Calgary, they've even got a group looking at it. Right, they're going to support it. So right. this is how we do it. So it stays outside of our annual operations, and which is how property taxes are calculated. That's how we finance it. Huh, that's fascinating. And so that does require then buy-in from government yeah. on a provincial level. Yeah. And so then, not saying that it won't happen, because I think you're right. I think any government, any provincial government, no matter who is sitting there, is is has a very vested interest in downtown Calgary being revitalized. Yeah. I'm just curious, what happens if that doesn't happen? Or is that not actually like legitimately a, a, a concern yeah and I, i'll add on to that yeah. we have to remember the city of calgary has now been underneath an ndp provincial government and a ucp provincial government both of which you know and i think this is what alex is hitting on it both of which have told the city of calgary get your house in order yeah right and this is part of getting the house in order because we we're looking at innovative ways to do this while we get our house in order and so committing to to obviously efficiencies um for any mayor fiscal accountability is table stakes Mm -hmm. it can't be a platform Mm -hmm. in itself Hmm. it's table stakes and that's again why you get with me with an economist we have um a a city municipal including these existing three councillors that fight with this province yes okay it's relationship based I've lived also through both uh, governments, whether NDP or UCP, Ernie, when we were doing our work with YWCA. We had to pivot the way we talked to each respective government. What's their interest? What's the common interest? Mm -hmm. Something else people may not know about me is I'm actually quite the negotiator. And I've negotiated like unbelievably complex deals internationally between organizations in Pakistan, the US and Africa. Wow. Sounds easy. Um, So I think if I can do that, (laughs) I can do that. I can actually also get us working with our other two levels of government so that we don't leave dollars on the table. And we are leaving dollars on the table because of these broken relationships that none of these existing councillors can repair because they've been part of the problem. So we do need a fresh face in the mayor's chair to reset and guaranteed the conversation that I currently would have with Premier Kenny is... A thriving Calgary is in the province's interest. Can we agree on that? Yes. I've got a specific plan and way to do this. Can you support me in that? Yeah, I think I can. Mm-hmm. It's in his interest, mm-hmm. particularly if now. If he's still there. If he's still there. Yeah, and then yeah. even, and if it's a new person, but we have to set the politics aside. This is about having a mayor that is willing to work with people, but also understands the art of negotiation. Because if you re- retrench into a position, there's nowhere to go. You've got to be able to kind of step back, take the bigger picture, look at different ways to ultimately get what you both want. That's the craftiness and the savviness that we need in a mayor going forward. And again, I'm not seeing it in any of those existing councillors. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Jan. I'm really glad that you were able to actually explain that CRL. Because mm-hmm. uh, at first, when you read 
it's like, well, it's a levy. And you hear that like a, you know, yeah. BRZ or BIA. It's yeah. all these, le- I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just another form of fucking tax, right? No. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, thank no. you for that It borrows against future yeah, appreciation. That's, that's brilliant. And like you said, we've seen it work in East Village. Yes. Like East Village is incredible now and we're just, in a way, still just getting started there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's got a great feel yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. Lots of jobs there. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, right, as we're talking in the hospitality sector, arts and culture, and more of that. And how do we just celebrate our rivers yeah. and, mm. and the amenities? So I've talked a lot about, and this, this has really resonated with the tech sector. Like we need to bring the cool back into Calgary. Yeah, so the, the, that there's, keep people there's that little scary part there about residential property tax. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you should probably hit on that right let's now. Let's talk like, about it. Because yeah. if, somebody, be, if somebody were to read it, um, you know, you know, call it at the wrong time of day. They're like, well, Jan Damery's about raising my property tax yeah. as a resident. Um, so what do you I, say to that? Yeah. So I'm not raising property taxes. Actually, this existing council is. And certainly one of those three councillors that's running for mayor is because they've committed us to future growth in 14 new communities. Yeah. So they have actually set the table for taxes to increase because we can't, our, we, we can't even meet the service needs of our current city. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I am trying to do is again, get efficiencies in the system, but cap those property taxes, um, to inflation and population growth as the city grows, that's reasonable and it gets stability. So we don't have all this erratic. I also, if the people are willing, um, elect me into this seat, I'm going to stay two terms. I'm actually been quite adamant about this. I'm not staying mm-hmm. any more than two terms because you always need new energy and fresh mm-hmm. perspective and ideas mm, that's, in these. That, that's interesting you say that because that has come up, yeah. um, especially in the ownership group of restaurants, is why is there not a term limit on, yeah. on, the, on the mayoral seat, right? Yeah. So um, that's interesting that you, you're the first one to bring that up, that, yeah. that you would cap it at two terms. And I'm committing to that because mm. it, it's going to take two terms to renegotiate the property tax system with the province. What mm. all of us... I think don't appreciate it's provincial legislation so the city has no standing in the constitution mm-hmm. we exist because of the province yeah and this is also why it's not great business to be pissing off <laughs> yeah. um the the one that holds all the power over you yeah uh, and we do need when we think about the number of people that we are accountable and responsible to now 1.4 we have, the, we have the potential to grow. I mean, trajectory, future projections right now are showing us to be, you know, 2 million people in mm. 10 years. So, I believe we can be that place. That's yeah. wild. I just want to circle back to that so, maybe, so everyone's clear. So you're saying that after two terms that you would... I'm stepping you it, aside. And you, sh- and you want a new blood to come in. Always. And, yeah. These, these are demanding jobs. So I have no illusion how demanding this job is. Have you looked at Nahed Nenshi of late? <laughs> <laughs> His pre and post, it's hard. Yeah. I, a, so part of it, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I say that with great fondness to him. I don't want to look like that at the end of my. Oh, of course, term. he's not the only politician. But we've who's seen it. How it. So we have to appreciate that for anyone going into these roles, it's sacrifice. Yeah. But part of it is you always need because when you get into a situation, when it's so complex, so many people and forces coming at you, mm-hmm. you get you naturally get beaten up and complacent, and you get tired. Yeah. And you don't fight as hard. That's why I say there needs to always be new energy in these kinds of systems. Because I've I've worked in complex systems all my career. Whether a large pipeline company, whether the provincial government, whether Agacon Development Network, right? The largest social development network, for-profit, not-for-profit around the globe. 80,000 employees, like (laughs) amazing assets. 
you know, large YWCA, complicated, United Way, complicated with all the stakeholders and mm-hmm. committees and how do you make decisions? This is the experience I bring. I've learned over that, how do you bring people together? And the reason that detailed plan is so detailed, because it actually helps people get a common sense, yeah. buy-in, fundamentally, people support what they help to create. Right. Mm. That's the leadership style. I and that it. includes all of us citizens, because we're not listening to our citizens either. I can't tell you the number of conversations at the door, knocking on doors, where people are so frustrated that they have not been consulted. Pre-COVID. Or, and if they have been consulted, it, they were ignored. Yeah. We have to rethink how we engage people. And so this election is so critical. People have to engage. I want to see record-breaking voter turnout because <sighs> it matters. It does. And I think particularly right. for you know the groups and people in your worlds, we've got to get them out to vote. This is about the future of this city. And we need the right leadership. And that's what these conversations are about, right? Ernie, I think you've said a few times that in, in this is potentially shaping up to be one of the lowest voter turnouts ever, right? Well, and hopefully that's not the case. Highest turner vote out so far in pre-vote. In advance. In advance. Like double. But now rounding the corner, there's, you know, especially after the federal election. Um, and again, it's amazing to see how many people have stepped up at the council level and the mayoral level yeah. to run. But now it's just become a, it's a overwhelming. tired, it's overwhelming. But I it's have a take on that. for a lot of voters right now. Do you want my theory on yeah, why we have I'd, so many people running? We'd love to hear, yeah. Because people don't feel like they've been heard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this yeah. is why you're seeing so many people. They're so frustrated. I mean, I've talked with several, even today, several of the, the what I'll call the outsider Mayalta candidates. The reason they actually got into the race is so that their voice and their constituent group could be heard because yeah. they haven't been heard. So I want to har- harness that. Yeah. Spending time talking with a number of these players because there's some good ideas. Yet all along in this race, it's been a two-horse race, a two-horse race. Yeah. So what, what's your perspective on that? And we're not hearing the voices. Yeah. Uh, it's not a two-horse race. No. Yeah. Like you, um, Ernie, when I talk to people, and I think you know, I've been one of those mayoralty candidates who've been out door knocking a lot of doors with the team and I, people are so undecided and they're confused. Yeah. This, yeah. this election will be decided this weekend. It will. Yeah. Some, um, some other candidates are, have said, you know, their internal polling is showing undecided as high as 50%. Right. And so, you know, it seems like it's the internal polling is incongruent with what's being reported yeah. in the media, but it is congruent cross campaign cross candidate which which indicates that this is not a two horse race it's not a 27 horse race but it's not a two horse (laughs) race right um and and there's a lot there's still eight yeah one out of every other or one out of every two people is undecided and 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 a lot and a huge reason for that jan and this is what we've been trying to tell all the candidates is that the more information on the platforms the more likely they're not to read it if it's if you know everybody's so beaten up, whether it's yeah. having to work from home or you know having to come back and homeschool their kids, what have you, that everybody's only got a ten to fifteen oh. minute window. So that's why we really wanted to get this together to you know. Well, I so applaud you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so one thing I wanted to ask you, um, you know, because we have two daughters, you know, mm-hmm. how how has it been as a woman? Mm-hmm. Um, running in this race. I know Barb Higgins, who mm-hmm. I really looked up to coming up, you know, before she even ran. Yeah. Um, it, it was tough. Yeah. It, was, it was hard. 
Like how, how has that been? How's that experience been? It absolutely has been hard. Um, it's one of the reasons though I wanted to run because I truly believe that she can't be what she can't see. Mm-hmm. And we have had so um, underrepresentation of women and even extending that to gender diverse people in these formal channels of power and mm-hmm. politics. So I want to be that leader that also shifts that and creates the wave in behind me. Um, the bullying that's gone on, particularly in the last few days, yeah. the name calling, <laughs> the uh, um, my team, bless Michaela and the team who read all my social feeds, they keep me away from it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's smart. toxic. Smart, it oh, is. so smart. Uh, and did you see our mean tweets? We've actually had some fun with it. We've yeah. done a little mean tweets, like the, was it, is it the Kimmel yeah, yeah, take yeah. off on that? Yeah. Reading out the, some of these tweets that come <laughs> I our didn't way. know you were doing that. That's oh my awesome. God, we'll, we'll send you the links. Okay. And I guarantee the mean tweets are coming from like a, a created one person uh, site that has zero Probably. followers or, or what I, have you. Yeah. But it is the keyboard it's toxic. Cur- so, yeah. And I think just, just as a female, we, we take more of that. And part of me is um, I have been so fortunate in my career. I've done cr- amazing, crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, traveling the world, right? I've spent time in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and East Africa. You know, I've, been, I've worked pipeline, oil and gas industry. I, you know, I've been the only chick on the right-of-way where you would see the trucks along the right-of-way, you know, for several kilometers. You hear the radios, chick on the right-of-way. You know, I, I've, I've broken through lots of barriers through my career. Mm. And this is, again, because of the opportunities that I've been giving, fighting hard to create opportunity, particularly for your, your girls, Ernie, um, the nieces that I have in my life, and just the friends and others coming up behind me. This is for our kids, uh, because I think we have a huge opportunity now, too, as we all are a little unsettled and rethinking what's important, how do we want to bring back, uh, build back better, including everyone at the table. Uh, so not easy, but we're stronger together. And I, I'm not going to be afraid. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the headline they herald this morning, right? Jan I, is not going to be stuck. What, what was it? I can't remember. It says she's not backing I'm not down. backing down. I was no, actually just this gonna, is too important. I was just going to ask you about that because some of that stuff that you're touching on here in terms of talking to Ernie, um, you touched in that, uh, in that piece. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I also think it's very telling that the herald ran this. Right, you don't run that kind of stuff if it's just a two-horse race, yeah. right? And so I think um, in there too, I wanted to ask you though, right? There, it, it says here that there was talk of trying to consolidate votes behind different candidates, and yeah. I know that you touched on it in there, mm-hmm. but is that something you'd like to speak to? Because I think right now, if people are looking at at the news, they're seeing this two-horse race, and they say, you know what, I maybe I like Jan, but she doesn't, yeah. she may not think that, or they may not think that she has a shot because it's between these two other yeah. people. Like, can you address that? I would love to address that. <laughs> Good. Hit it. This is about democracy. Yeah. And I really want to encourage all those listening today and, and people that you're talking with, vote for who you think is the right candidate. That's democracy. Yeah. yeah. This politics and game playing is actually Strategy, quite a, It's voting. unconscionable. Yeah. It actually undercuts democracy. The game's being played. Um, and more so in this cycle, particularly municipal, uh, we, uh, the campaign finance rules have been changed. You've been mm-hmm. hearing too a lot about third-party advertisers, mm-hmm. their influence. Um, we've got uh, one candidate who's actually under investigation currently, an existing councillor, because he's broken those finance rules. What's interesting is the government's not ruling on that. 
and that is mm. a huge disservice to the electorate. Um, but because the finance rules have changed, and only individuals are giving. So family and friends and extended family and friends have invested individually into each of the legitimate campaigns. How can you walk away from that support when they've put their heart, and there's no tax deduction no. for giving municipal. I don't know if people realize that. Mm -hmm. This has been a really hard game. I'm incredibly proud. I knew it was going to be hard going in, but of course I've raised money all my career, whether for profit, not for profit. Right. So kind of, at least I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Fair. And, and, and we've done it really well relative when you look at that. But there's been a lot of other games going on behind the scene. Yeah. So this is about right leadership, right time. And that's what I'm encouraging people to vote. And I'm not backing down because democracy is too important to me. I've worked and lived in places where people have died to vote. Mm. And I'm not wow. going to undercut this system. Yeah. So it so you can hear the conviction in me. Yeah. This yeah. is value set. Yeah. And people, we need the right leaders, and people have to be able to vote for who they think can do the best job and deliver the vision that they believe they want to support. That's my encouragement on that. And you can tell it is. You you can hear, feel. You can feel the conviction. That's real, right? That's not just. That's not politics. That's not the game. That's for real. So yeah. Um, One great. of my first tenants when I when I threw my hat into the ring, working with the team, I have an amazing group around me, sticking it out to the end with me. Right. Uh, is that uh, we're going to take the ick out of politics? Yeah. <laughs> and I've been experiencing like well, a lot of ick in yeah. the last week. Yeah. And. This too, um, you know, just again, let's poke fun at me, right? Postmenopausal women, you know, push, you know, push me around that way. Yeah, it actually makes me stronger. Yeah, it's pretty sickening. That's that stuff's just that's there's no other word for it. It's just unacceptable, right? But people don't understand that it goes on. Yeah, yeah, and people can crater, and uh, so. But I'm committed to this city. I'm committed to the vision that I hope everyone will start to join me in and offering my unique leadership skills at this time i'm actually feel it as a calling hmm. yeah. earlier right i don't have to be doing this yeah i'm doing this out of a strong belief of the potential of this community and i want my son to come back and i want others to stay <laughs> here and see if i don't think he's here. coming back yeah, yeah. so we, but we, we can get him but back. we do it together yeah. yeah and you know so that's that's what i'm offering so we look forward to earning everyone's support. Yeah, and this is this is why Alex and I really wanted to get these together. I mean, you know, Lori uh, Williams from Mount Royal University, Poli Sci. You know, she just put it out on on the Calgary Sun that um, you know it's the most unpredictable election that she's ever seen. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the mindset behind this two horse race, I think, is needs to be changed a little bit leading into. I think the it's last, lazy. I think yeah. it's been yeah. lazy. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, and I think it's taking advantage of a population that's incredibly distressed, mm -hmm. um, including, I think, the media who are completely under-resourced. When you think about how we've gutted local media, they don't have the resources. So I think it's just been a very easy narrative to buy in, and there's some crafty people trying to support that. Yeah. So, But I believe Calgarians are smarter than that, mm. and I believe that they can't be taken advantage of. They're going to make their choice, and I so honor that. Oh, that's wonderful. Jen, I, I was really looking forward to this chat and I think this has been this I, I feel them very energized coming out of this conversation. Oh. Legitimately, yeah. right? And I'm not just saying that, I haven't said that to anyone else. I think that um, it's true that you you clearly care, right? You clearly give a shit. And it's not just that you have you have this heart and you have this conviction. Um, there definitely is experience here and there's not just a plan of, of what there's a plan of how and 
um, yeah, for I for one, I'm really glad that we did this conversation, and I know that Ernie coming into this said that. Uh, the hammer. You you're just a hammer. Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. You, the, the, she's a hammer. You know, yeah, well, it's you know, true. Yeah, yeah. We're so. uh, we're kind of wrapping up. Is there anything else that you do want to say to anybody, knowing that, um, you know, this is a you know, Ernie with the Alberta Hospitality Association are all of these businesses in the hotel and restaurant industry, and uh, at Work Nicer there are hundreds of small businesses spanning industry, yeah. and so, um, yeah, is there anything that we haven't hit that you really want to make sure they hear? Um, maybe just to emphasize, I view the sectors, all of you in these sectors as fundamental to what a vibrant Calgary is going forward. We need to support you and you're going to find with me in the mayor's chair, I'm going to be a huge signal booster and always asking, how are we making it easier for our local businesses to thrive? How are we making it easier for our employees to want to be here and that they can actually have an amazing life here? That's what I'm committing. That's the vision. So I look forward to earning all of your support. Cool. Thank you, Jan. Ernie, anything else you want to say? No, I think I would like to touch base just on what Jan said. I think it's such an important time right now for everyone to get out and vote and vote for the person that you truly feel is will will do the best job, Uh, not this strategic voting of the lesser of two evils. And um, I think that's what's been so amazing about having all these candidates on so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, Jan, thanks so much. Before we go, um, where can people go to learn more about you, connect with you, and all that fun stuff? JanDamry.com. We can hook you up. We're incredibly responsive because that's also, I've run a campaign the way I intend to lead. And uh, look for the newspaper articles. Listen to this podcast. So <laughs> spread it wide. But thank you so much. And um, yeah. Thank you as well. This is great. Uh, Wraps up another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. Thanks for tuning in and watch for more. Mm